I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Well, hello, everybody. We are back again. It's the long run live stream and podcast. Welcome along. It's brought to you by the 40 Rounds Runner community. I'm Ian Wilkerson. And uh, well, Mr. Ford isn't available with us tonight, so unfortunately he won't be here. But we have the bonus of a very special guest, our good friend, Mr. Chris Beale from the Here We Are Running YouTube channel. It's great to have you along, Chris. You said some very nice great things about here. us in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, we thought it was only right that we um, invited you along so you could um, come and impart your wisdom yeah, to our it was, loyal it's great to be viewers. here. Thanks for the invite. Lovely to see you, mate. Thanks ever so much for coming. Um, Alan's here. Alan's managed to come. Anyway, Alan's still here. And Toby's still here it. too. So um, we're going to have – well, we've got an hour to fill. So um, we'd love you to uh, play your part as well. So if you could um, – Send us your questions that you might have for Chris or general observations as we go along, then please feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we should be live on Facebook and, and on YouTube. But um, if you haven't managed to catch us live, then you can uh, download us every week on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and all your usual podcast providers. So, well, I, at this point, I usually ask Chris Ford what kind of week he's had. So, but... Al, there's been loads going on, and I just wanted to start with an absolutely seismic email that we had in the week. Okay. About our, um, with regard to our listeners. Yes. And where they're situated. Yeah. Because we've got an email this week, another folks. continent, haven't we? Yeah. And it was entitled um, Southernmost Listeners from Jason Goldsworthy. Hello, Jason. Thanks for. Although, I don't know what time in the morning it is. Uh, you know, he's probably just having his breakfast, if I'm not giving too much away. And he just said, Hey guys, great show. Good start. I claim the most southern spot in the world you have reached. You're huge in Deep Bay, Tasmania, Australia. Ooh. Bigger than Malta, I say. Cheers, Jed. 
Tasmania. Show people where Tasmania is. Well, I've, um, been, I've done no. a little bit of homework, you know, because we don't just throw this thing together, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we do sort of like when we've given this sort of information, then we do like to expand upon it and try and provide you with a decent service and educate it as well as entertain. And I found out it's nearly 11,000 11, miles away from London. Okay, that's a long, slow run. That is a long, slow run, definitely. And even better, Deep Bay. Do you know how many people live in Deep Bay? Let me have a guess. Is it 231? Now, how's he managed that? You see? <laughs> Just a good guess. Are, you're now going to tell me that was the latest census figure in 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, unless you were the one, although you, unless you were a step ahead and you altered the Wikipedia page before I could get to it. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That does mean what have we got? I'm trying to work that as a percentage penetration. Yeah, I worked out that if um, Jason and um, his partner or whoever he lives with, you know, if they listened, that's almost 1% of the complete population of Deep Bay who tune into us. I doubt if he does it on a. I doubt if he does it on uh, regularly on a uh, Friday night because I think that'd be about I think they're about eleven hours ahead, so that'd probably be six o'clock in the morning. What a way to start your weekend, though. Yeah. So by my calculation, I think that just leaves us Antarctica now. Then we've got the full set. Yeah, the odd penguin that'd yeah. be lovely, wouldn't Polar it? Explorers, if you're listening. Yeah, that substation. Uh, what Dean Carnazes? Have you read his book? He went yeah, and he's did run it, it. He's run through. He all that. ran a marathon in Antarctica. From one of those deep science-based things where, like, three blokes live for about nine months and don't see anybody else. Yeah, it was like, oh, so yeah. If you know Deep Bay, if you can tell us anything about Deep Bay, then we would love, love to hear from you. Um, just a quick hello to Chris. Um, every, how how are you, mate? Everything good? It's I'm I'm really good. Yeah, and just to be invited on Malta's biggest running podcast and now tasmania's biggest running podcast that is that is made i feel i've made it now i've been invited on the podcast that you need to be invited on if you if you're a runner haven't i really so. it, it seems to be the place to be seen now um al i'll bring in you as you on this as well because we saw your pictures at the weekend now both of you were at the national running show in birmingham at the weekend i understand how did it go I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I always enjoy it when I go to uh, the National Running Show. It's um, it's a great and, – and I think because it hasn't taken place in Birmingham now for, what was it, a couple of years, it, it was just good to get back out there, meet up with everyone, the whole running community coming together, um, some great speakers to listen to, and, uh, you know, you go around and see all the brands and see what products they're, they're trying to flog you and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I always do, though. Was it, um, Al, was there much of a difference sort of like in the post-COVID world up there? No, I think once you, well, getting in, you had to show everything. So you had apps for this. Not everything, I hope, because then you wouldn't have definitely not got in. But but once you were in, it was if it was, you know, COVID hadn't happened really. Um, So it was, you was free to kind of wander around, you know, plenty of interaction. Um, It was great to see so many 40s. I think we got something like 25 40s to take part in the group picture. Mel Howes nearly got thrown out because she was rearranging the furniture in the chill-out <laughs> zone. So, love to Mel. She didn't want to the furniture, though. Not that I was aware of, not when I was there. But, yeah, we, we met up a couple of times for coffee, and it was good just to see people. Um, yeah, managed to do a little bit of shopping. Um, no new shoes, but uh, walked away with some socks, uh, another compression sport flip belt type thing. 
Yeah. Uh, 10 packets of peanuts and some vegan gels. So 10 packets of peanuts. Yeah, they were just too good to offer. Pound a pack. <laughs> so Chris, and, do you ever you go up and buy peanuts? Chris, when you go out there, you know, do you have a sort of like a place where you are? You know, I know Fordy in recent year, we didn't do it this year, but, um, you know, he's had a, like a little um, area, like a store of thing. Do you get, do people come and meet you or do you just sort of like wander around and I, take I it away? I wander around. I, you know, I, I plant myself in the inspiration stage or the, or the, um, the other one for the ultra running and listen to some of the speakers, but generally just sort of wander around there. Um, uh, like Fordy, I'm also an ambassador for the national running show. So it's, it's good to sort of go around there and people come up and talk to you and ask you questions. And sometimes, you know, the answer, sometimes you don't, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, I, I just really sort of enjoy it for just sort of getting out there and, and mixing with the running community. You know, we do it at races, but this is sort of a one sort of central place within the country that everyone just sort of comes together um, for that one weekend. So I just went on the Saturday this year, uh, have some other commitments on a Sunday going on, but uh, yeah, but no, really good. And uh, the National Running Show South is happening in May. I think it's the first weekend, first or second weekend in May. So um, that's down in Farnborough for anyone that's sort of south of the country. Well, it's not that's... a million miles away from you, is it? Not from me, no. It's actually quite, quite, yeah, quite uh, not not that long a drive at all. Actually, probably about a 45-minute drive for me. So mm. that's uh, that's really handy. And that, how is it where the people recognize you when you go to these things, you know, they bump it, you know, yeah. you know I was surprised because, um, I was wearing a mask most of the time I was in there, uh, unless, unless I was having a photo or something with someone and, um, and yet people still recognize you with a mask on. So I was quite surprised. <laughs> I thought, I thought no one's going to, no one's going to know anyone with the mask on, but no, nah. yeah, it's, uh, some people recognize me from the YouTube channel, come up and speak to me. Uh, some people that you know don't watch a YouTube channel, but they just know me, and and you know we just go meet up, and chat. Sort of thing. yeah, yeah. We'll expand on that. We'll have a good chat a little bit later when we've got through the preliminaries. Um, so how and you did how did you get up for the park run? Yes, we did. Um, Which one was it? Don't know. It began with an O. Because I was I something we don't even remember the park run you went on. No, no. It's because we were doing the alphabet. We had the option of rugby, which is R, or Oakland, mm. which was O. So I decided to do most of the drive, get to Oakland's, uh, park up, visit Little because they had toilets, and then we smashed out um, Park Run, Carolyn PB'd, Penny PB'd. Oh. I just missed out. So it uh, wasn't to be for me. But yeah. So you're going to have to go this week? I'm going Park Run this week. Of course I am. Cause, cause we got no, I, I thought to Oakland, but you're not. You're off to South End, aren't you? Big event at South End well, tomorrow. South End Park Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shout oh. out to Kim. Kim's, Kim Tobin, who's our. Uh, Social media guru. It's her fiftieth park run, so hopefully uh, uh, I'll see you there, Kim. If you're not listening, um, and let's have some shout outs for other people with milestones. Tell us what your milestones are coming up, and uh, we'll give you a shout out too. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you're coming up for your fiftieth, hundred, two hundredth. Guy across the road from me, he did his three hundredth the other day, and I've heard that some people have even done five now. You know that not five, no five hundred. But it's his fifth. Well, get them all in one hand. <laughs> so yeah, so if you've got if you've um if you've got a milestone coming up on your part runs, then yeah, let us know and we'll give you a shout out and bear that in mind every week. You know, if that's going to be you, tell us tell us on the Facebook group during the week and uh, or even when you're um well, yeah. Old oh, Kim said she's looking forward to seeing. You. Unfortunately, yeah. I won't be there because I've got to work tomorrow, so I've got to stay local. But I wish you all the luck, Kim. I'm sure it's going to go brilliantly. But then you know you you're up for a bit of tourism, aren't you, Al? Because this. Dublin run 
is taking Ooh. off. Have you heard about that? Tell us about this. So Dublin Park Run, um, we haven't quite worked out which one. It's got some options, but the backstory to this comes from uh, a little bit of parkrun tourism that the Chelmsford Satellite Group took part in, was it 15th of January? So when we kind of all the, we encouraged all the satellites to try and get out and um, do a mid-January run, Chelmsford lot, we ended up at Malden. Great parkrun, um, nice and flat, nice and speedy, bit misty, so we missed the river and everything else. So we're going to have to go back in the summer to actually get in the, the views, but uh, we ended up sharing a coffee. Um, and just got chatting and uh, big shout out to Kieran who's uh, one of our regulars he said he's just really looking forward to being able to get out and run internationally and he wants to get up one morning leave his house say goodbye to his family and his wife and then post that he's just completed park run in Paris and then that kind of started the conversation um, we did a bit of research because of COVID and because of the restrictions, it's really hard to get to Paris in time for a nine o'clock start. And the idea is we do it in one day. None mm. of this pre-planning and going out on Thursday and acclimatising. It was get up, go to Parkrun, check in, run, come home. But as far away as possible. Um, but Paris just wasn't going to be because we just couldn't get the timings. Not enough planes, not enough trains. It was just too difficult. And we'd missed the start, so it kind of, Negates the objects. Yeah, everyone else has finished. You kind of <laughs> missed the opportunity, really. Um, but we carried on the research, and uh, Dublin it is. So um, Chelmsford set the way, but to be fair, everyone's just piled in now. So How many you got going, Jerk? At the moment, we've got thirty, just give or take. So coming out of Stansted, coming out of Luton. We might have a few coming Gatwick, possibly East Midlands. So we all con, you know, we all congregate Dublin Airport, and then we're thinking that we might actually just run to Parkrun. There's one just under five k away from the airport. Is we it? might, have, yeah. So we might have to jump over some busy roads and possibly over a river. So we've not quite nailed the logistics yet. But the idea of just seeing 30 forties running along the Liffey or whatever it is. Yeah, swimming across the Liffey to get to... Park Park Run, yeah. And then after that, you know, we might take... Oh, brilliant. So if people want to get involved, what do they do? So the if if you know about us on the, the Facebook page, uh, get signed up there. We've got an events page as well. Um, so go along, have a look, sign up. Obviously, don't forget to, to book your flights. Um, what we're saying to people is, is kind of make your own way there. We'll see you in the arrivals lounge at Dublin around about half seven that Saturday morning. So it's another early start. And then we'll just see where it takes us. Well, obviously to Parkrun, but yeah. after that, um, yeah, hopefully oh, we'll be yeah. back on an international success. Could set an excellent precedent. We're looking forward to that. I mean, there's plenty of things. So what, what weekend's that when are you going? 23rd of April. 23rd of April. Yeah. So um, before that, we've got a couple of um, – there's a couple of big volunteer groups that are going on, isn't there? I think Mel's doing one for the winter run in London, which is on the 13th. 13th and, of Feb, yeah, yeah. And there's a um, – Paul is sorting out a big group for the London Landmarks, which is uh, 3rd of April. I think it's yeah. 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 You're running this year, aren't you? I've signed up. I'm going to be um, – they're on the finishers bag, so I'm going to be doing a bit of volunteering in the day. 
Yeah, London. So um, hopefully a few more. There were there was plenty of enthusiasm when Paula put the email out earlier this week. So um, hopefully that will do it as well. But, um, Chris, what have you have you got any sort of runs coming up? So uh, I'm going to be doing long run uh, this this weekend as part of my marathon training. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no park run for me um this at the weekend although i have done i've done quite a few in in ireland actually it's a good place to do park run um the, the probably the most interesting one i did in ireland was uh, over on the west coast a place called non beach i think it's called and the whole park run itself is actually on the sand so it's pretty tough because you're running on sand and also well normally tough in one direction because on the west coast there's there's always lots of uh uh wind there so yeah. you're, you're running into it or against it in one direction and yeah did that uh several years ago so yeah you, you should definitely have good fun at park running in ireland and in, in dublin oh yeah it's, it's gonna be a cracker isn't it i mean i'm going i'm going to the big run in dublin i've got a place in the marathon this year so um that's well, I'll be inspired us, wilco knowing that, you were, knowing that you were doing the marathon that's what inspired us to look at Dublin. Well, I'd like to think so. We can go and do a little recce for you, and then report back on our uh, best yeah, places. All the, the, yeah, the best places that to get a uh, vegan sausage roll and things like that. Either that, you might be banned by that by the marathon if you've got forty gear on. Yeah, on, I might have to. Know, yeah, depending on what they get up to. But there's plenty of things, and I mean, we're in the thick of the uh, the ballot season as well, aren't we? I mean, we've got. Um, what did I put in for this week? Royal Parks. Um, their results are going to be out soon. And, of course, the London Marathon is doing it. I just – I wondered why I can put into – I mean, I did – I got a ballot place in Dublin. That was last week, and I got given a spot a week after. And then um, this uh, – with the Royal Parks, they're going to be giving out tickets, um, giving out places like three days after the ballots closes. I wonder why it takes London six months to get round to telling you whether you've got a place or not. Or telling you you haven't got a place as well. Well, if you haven't got a place, yeah. <laughs> I assume it's to build the excitement. Gets everyone such on edge. Well, you, you're, ex- you're excited, aren't you? You're excited when you put your name in for the ballot. Mm. You think, oh, yeah, maybe it's my year this year. And then you forget about it for six months. And then there's the big build-up in the week before. And yeah, then, I just think... I just think it'd be out particularly because it's such a big event. And I'm sure that if people got an early indication of whether they were in it or not, then they would be able to organize the rest of their year around whether they had a place in the London marathon. It would actually help people if they were given a bit more notice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, um, it does it's not like the technology. It's not like they've got to sort of like get no. us all in a big bucket and draw us out of a hat, literally. They you could know, do it the, they could do it the button, week after, it? couldn't they? They could do it the week after the ballot's closed if they wanted to. Yeah, I would suggest so, definitely. Yeah, so the precedent is Berlin opens, you know, several weeks, several months after London, manages to keep it open for a pretty long time, a couple of months from memory, and then two weeks later, Berlin pops out. Again, you get told you're not in it, but they tell you quite quickly, yeah. so... You can well, move it's, on. About 20, it's about twenty-five to one, I think. It was exactly. last time. Twenty-five to one. Go. But we all know, we all know people who do get places. You know, you yes. say, "Oh, well, we don't know many people," but we always know someone. So we never know. And apparently, you know, by the end of um, February, that we're going to get the nod for that. And um, we understand that um, 
there's going to that shortly after you've got your rejection letter from the ballot for uh, the London Marathon, then they're going to be uh, virtual places available. Al, yeah, I'd imagine that email will be following quite closely behind. You know, sorry to tell you, you've been unsuccessful, but it's a a but that comes at a cost. Here's a chance to take part in the virtual. And I know a lot of people will sign up for that because it's another opportunity to say you took part in the London Marathon, albeit, you know, slightly differently. Um, mm. I've never done the London Virtual. Toby, I think you've done it, haven't you? Wilco, did you do it? When no, I've it? not done it. Yeah, we did it first year. Was it 2020? Mm. get confused these days. Too many, the COVID years, as they're called. <laughs> when was it? How long ago was it? No. We did 2020, but that, that, that was quite good. That was... You know, it kicked down with rain though, didn't it? It, I I remember doing it. It just rained, torrential rain, the whole four hours that I did it in. You know, it was really hard (laughs) work. One of the wettest days, I think, of the 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 year, wasn't it? That October, horrible. Yeah, wet, windy. Mm. We were planning to do it down the towpath. We had to suddenly (laughs) replan our route. There wouldn't have been a towpath, would there? (laughs) No, we did it in the river. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a great it's going to be a great charity raiser, which at a time when all the, uh, when so many charities can do with all the help that they could possibly get, if they can get forty thousand people at I don't know twenty five, twenty eight quid a shot, then you know you're talking seven figures that yeah, it's going yeah. to be earned by. Uh, and that's just and that's yeah. just people's entry fees, you know. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it'll sell out. It, yeah, it always will. So, um, yeah, so you've all got that to look forward to. So there is a second chance if you do not get your place, which I think uh, rumour has it will be by the end of next month. So only about another four weeks to go, and then we might find out. So, hey, we're not done too bad. That's 21 minutes. We've spun it out, and we've not had Chris here slagging off anybody's trainers or um, minding about how much some cares or anything like that. So um, I suppose... Now might be a good time to, um, well, we'll dig a bit deeper um, with our guest, Chris. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask him, please uh, please type them out. Start with your reply with the letter Q, and then uh, we will chip in as we go along. Also, um, and more long-term, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can email us at any time at longrunshow at gmail.com, and we'll pick those up as well. So, Chris, uh, perhaps... You know, I'm sure you'll be familiar to quite a few of our uh, viewers and listeners, but um, could you just start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I started running in 2016, got into my 40s and needed to get fitter, needed to look after myself a little bit better, as probably many people can relate to. Uh, hadn't really been doing a lot of exercise for for a lot of years before that and tried on several occasions to get into running thought it was a good way of of trying to get fit again and and was unsuccessful and then heard about park run went down to park run one day the local one and uh really enjoyed it ran the full 5k without stopping in just i think it was just under 30 minutes and i just liked the sort of whole atmosphere there and everything um it's quite a nice park run, my local one where where's that it's it's in Rygate, right? Um, so it's a tra- it's a kind of um, it's a proper sort of park with a woodland area and trails and stuff like that. So it's, it's not the most flattest one or anything, but it's uh, it's quite an interesting one, a two lap course. 
Uh, so did that the first week, thought, right, I'll come back the next week, did it the next week. I think I brought one of my kids the following week and just got into the habit of it, really. And so for the first probably year of starting to run, that was what I was doing. I was just doing park runs, really. And then I uh, thought, well, let's let's see if I can do a 10K. Did my first 10K race and then just sort of increased the distances as I as time passed, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, did my first half marathon, then did the Brighton marathon, first marathon in 2018. Uh, and then last year, as the distances have increased again, I did my first 50 miler. So I did the North Downs Way 50 uh, last, uh, when was that, May. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just really love everything about running, really. Um, and uh, and I suppose the other thing is that I film my runs, a lot of them, and uh, take the camera out, take the GoPro out there. Started a YouTube channel when I was training for my first marathon, just to sort of document the story. And that kind of evolved from there. And it was combining two hobbies, really, the hobby of running with the hobby of that I'd always had of sort of making making or trying to make some interesting videos. So, oh, so you've always so the videos came first then you've you've been involved in doing that before you started yeah but not not nothing like on youtube or anything more for sort of personal use you know with the family um you know take take a camera away on holiday and that sort of thing uh and uh film some some weddings for some friends and stuff like that but nothing mm. you know nothing like a, a youtube channel that that really came from the doing it with running so so it was quite an indiv- it was quite an ind- it's quite been quite an individual um sort of like um start then that you just did you so when did you sort of like click and think oh well, you know people might be interested in what i'm doing and putting it out well, there? I, I get, yeah so i guess uh i i guess that you know as you i mean whenever someone starts a youtube channel starts putting some videos out there normally the videos are pretty pretty bad to begin with the quality is not good i mean everyone's got to start somewhere uh and 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 you're always quite shocked when people subscribe to your channel watch your videos and subscribe to the channel but because i was training for brighton and i had a training series like a weekly vlog um it attracted some people that were also training for brighton and and Mm. you know they would follow along and they'd subscribe and they'd start commenting and it just sort of built up from that really um later on i started doing some product reviews on there as well uh filming some of my races filming some park runs so it, it covers a different you know a number of different angles when it comes to uh mm. the videos that i make for the youtube channel and, and you just sort of pick up kind of different audiences but the key thing about the audience is everyone loves running so it's mm. that sort of because it's quite it's quite yeah it's like you say that on your channel there's lots of little different things and lots of race review and then there's a bit of bit of kit stuff and so whatever you, there's such a wide range of stuff so whatever people want to dip into you know they've got the opportunity to do that haven't they you got the i mean some people subscribe because they've seen a shoe review and they like to they like hmm. other people's views on shoes before they go out and buy them um i run instability shoes so kind of I, I don't review hardly ever review shoes that aren't stability shoes because those are the shoes i wear you know so yeah. um that attracts a stability shoe audience if you like some of those people probably never watch the training vlogs or the races they're just interested in the shoe reviews but other people kind of like the wide you know the widespread of things and they might have yeah. joined the channel from watching a shoe review but then they watch the the races or they watch the 
um, the training vlogs and they sort of follow the journey. And that's, that's really what I, I enjoy the kind of follow the journey type of video. The narrative sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I came across your stuff really, because I had a, um, I was due to do my first marathon at Edinburgh in uh, 2020 in the COVID year and uh, was looking for reviews and stuff. Then chanced upon the day that I won't say the day you enjoyed at Edinburgh, if I, without any, uh, without any, spoilers survived it (laughs) yeah i mean and one of the things that i like about your stuff and i mentioned this the other day when we were on when we were talking about getting you on um it's real warts and all stuff you know it's not you know there's no glossy you know it's not watered down or anything you know you've gone through you know you've gone through lots of things that people do go through when they're doing these big races and you've not been afraid to document it and put it out there I think that's why, you know, people relate to it, you know, because it is, it is whatever it is, you know, it's whatever happens on the day and everyone has a bad race. Everyone has problems. Everyone gets injuries, you know, so there's no point in trying to hide that and trying to pretend it never happens. If it happens and mm. I'm filming it, then I'll put a video out about it. And yeah, as you mentioned, Edinburgh, Edinburgh was going fine until I started getting cramp in both coughs and for the final I don't know, 10 miles or something like that. I was having to stop, start the whole way, go into the first A tent that they had there and, you know, finished it, but in just under six hours, you know, and I was, I was trying to get something like three hours, 45 or something like that. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So that, that happens. And therefore, you know, why not show people that it happens as well? And people do relate to it. And, uh, Mm. well you did and, manage and, to come across as being very upbeat about it afterwards and uh you also you know problems at manchester as well didn't you a similar sort of thing you know was another yeah. sort of race that didn't go your way <laughs> yeah there's a bit of a theme going with my actual i mean i've not done a huge number of marathons i've uh done uh, i've done three three uh proper races that are marathons uh brighton then Edinburgh and then Manchester this year. I've also done the virtual London marathon and I've done two marathons actually on my treadmill. Mm. Uh, and in fact, the virtual London marathon went quite well because I just ran the whole thing. It was in difficult conditions. Did it without Were any you on training. Your own? Uh, yeah, on my own. Yeah, it was quite good that day though. Probably most people experienced that because there was lots of people doing it. So you did sort of run into other people and past people and everyone was cheering each other on. There wasn't many people on the streets because rather was horrific we're doing the virtual london marathon yeah, if you're out there you're mad enough for doing virtual yeah exactly and and you had loads you people know, tooting cars and stuff it was quite yeah i, I had a dinosaur on my uh <laughs> on my run <laughs> it was like a a guy wearing a dinosaur costume so yeah it was uh it was interesting on that one but that one worked quite well considering all of those things um whereas all of the actual races the proper organized races that i've run in marathons they, they've all had a story they've all not gone according to plan uh, and i'm hoping to change that this year but yeah so far they they haven't um <laughs> for various different reasons so yeah oh but it's made for great content and at least that can be some sort of uh, compensation perhaps yeah but there's a bit of a theme and i want to change that i think this year <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to keep making marathon videos that don't go well <laughs> <laughs> so where are, what, what marathons doing this year what you got in the book so we've got brighton this year so i'm going back to where it all began um i'll be approaching it very differently i mean i think everyone has a probably a fairly similar story on their first marathon they set off too fast i definitely did when i did brighton in 2018 i was uh 
you know, I was trying, I, you, know, you don't know really what time to aim for. I was setting myself a target of three hours, 45. And then I started off at a pace that was actually much quicker than that. Mm. And for anyone that's done Brighton um, or is going to do Brighton, this might be quite useful information that the first half of Brighton isn't flat. It, it is quite undulating and there, it is a bit hilly. Um, uh, it's, not, it's much flatter on the second half. But because I was doing that increased pace on the first half, it really, it really sort of uh, wore me out before, before it should have. Uh, even when I got over halfway there, I, I could feel that the pace was dropping. I was, it was going to be a struggle. It was a struggle. The second half was a struggle, but I kept going. It was, there was a bit of walking involved, but I kept going and I got there in the end. And that is still my fastest outdoor marathon time of, uh, I think it was three hours, 56, something like that. Yeah. So this year I'm going back there and the, and the sole aim is to, to run it well, um, having learned all I've learned over the, the last few years and to just try and beat that PB and see how we get on really. And nothing too, nothing too flash. So, um, yeah, with the, uh, the, so with the YouTube channel, you, you've started that off, you know, you've been doing that a little while now, how much sort of, for somebody who would be thinking about doing something similar, how um how how much time does it take? How much of your time does it take up? So, I mean, it takes as long as you want to put into it, really. Mm. Um, I you know I work full time, so it is just a hobby to me, and I try to spend a bit of time, um, particularly around the training vlogs. I'll try and film a little bit throughout the week, and then probably a bit more during my long run. And then after that, I'll spend probably a, you know, a few hours, good few hours, putting it all together, editing it all together. Um, race vlogs can take quite a while to, to edit. You know, you- When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I normally film quite a bit of footage in a race vlog. Uh, and then you've got to kind of put that together in a sort of interesting way that people are going to enjoy watching, adding some music to it as well, to, yeah. you know, make it more interesting, more watchable, really. Um, so, you know, you, you could just go out there with a GoPro and just talk to the GoPro and and then just hardly edit it and it wouldn't take you much effort at all. But I, I think everyone wants to try and make the best sort of quality video they can. And with quality comes time, really. Yeah. And what have you learned about, like, the process as you've gone along with the YouTubing? Um, you, you've... You can't be a perfectionist, so you want to get quality, but don't be a perfectionist. Otherwise, you will just be forever. You never put a video out. You know, you'll just be trying to make it um, better. And 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 so you've got to get to the point. You've got to set yourself a, a a target for when you're going to publish a video and and just meet that target. Uh, really, um, 
but the other thing is for anyone that's sort of never done it before and is thinking about they might like to do it and because there's a lots of running youtube channels out there now when i started back in the beginning of 2018 there wasn't in the uk there wasn't there was only a handful of us doing it really yeah. um but then over the over the years I, I think perhaps because the cameras have got better as well because even back then the the, the gopros they didn't have great stabilization in them so the videos you made were a bit you know jumpy up and down um now the gopros yeah the, the stabilization in them is brilliant so you know a lot more i think that's attracted a lot more people to pick up a cam buy a camera pick up a camera and, and start filming and and if you're going to do it then yeah just do you know go for that run film it and uh make your first video and and then publish it on youtube and and see what it does really it's it's you know it's not going to be great the first one you know i've kept my earlier ones on the channel people go back and see them if they want they're, they're awful you know but but it's a start isn't it you've got to start somewhere yeah. and you're only going to get better by making more videos trying out new things new techniques yeah. um just learning things learning your style really um everyone that does it has a bit of a different style and uh and that's what you've got to just work towards really I think the boys would agree that we've had a similar sort of learning process with doing the podcast, really, that, um, you know, if we, you know, we're not saying we're brilliant, but we'd like to think that we're a little bit better 32 episodes in than we were when we first started. I mean, I'd certainly like to think that my contribution has improved somewhat. But um, there you go. And I suppose as well, Chris, you know, the um, the equipment's become a little bit more affordable as well. You know, it's more, it's easier for people to get their hands on than uh, to do it themselves. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You, you know, as I say, for a running YouTuber, the key thing is your is your action camera. And, you know, most people go for a GoPro, but there's other ones out there now as well that you could you could opt for instead. But if you just, you know, if you can get one of those, then you can make videos and you can put videos on YouTube. And then over the over time, just add to it. You know, I, I started that with that. I, I then got a, a camera for, you know, I'm using for this now. I've got some lighting. You can see the mm. lighting ground there you know a microphone yeah you just add to it over time don't you and so um, did i see the other day like you've got like a like a shed at the bottom of the garden or something you do all yeah, your stuff? yeah yeah so i'm in it now so yeah. this is um uh when the pandemic started and working from home and everything um we said we we, we with the kids we've got three kids they were all working at home my wife's a teacher she's trying to work from home i was trying to work from home it you know it, it got stressful so um we went out and we we got a uh one of these garden offices so i work in it mm. i've got the treadmill you can't see it the treadmill's back there as well in it um and uh i can use it as kind of a youtube studio as well so it's kind so of your own handy. little den yeah yeah <laughs> keeps me away from everyone else keeps, keeps Al, we've uh, had a few observations and questions yeah but b before i get onto the questions and we've got some questions for you chris um okay the professionalism has been noted oh one of, one of our regular viewers aaron aaron newton He's put up in the comments, it's looking very professional, spotlight on face, mood lighting behind and professional mic. So you've lifted the tone because mm. unlike Wilco, I'm not sure we have got much better because we've just got lazier as we've got more confident. <laughs> um, I, I've made my little bit of contribution. Um, as people know, I'm kind of busy jotting down the questions that we can come. Normally, I'm doing it on scraps of paper. I've upgraded to a moleskin pad now. Oh, and I've even written down the lightning round questions. So there you go. There's my contribution to the professionalism. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have had some questions. So 
I'll uh, fire away. I think we, you've got some fans in by the sounds of it. Um, Can Man UK wants to know will you be running the Edinburgh Marathon this year? So no, not this year. No, so um, no, I will be back to Edinburgh because I've definitely got some unfinished business there. But uh, as I say, did Manchester last year and uh, I wanted to do one this year where I didn't have to stay away for the weekend. I, you know, I, I, for anyone that watched my video on uh, Manchester, you'll know that I, I DNF'd it first DNF um, stopped at mile 21 Lots of things were wrong with that that race because I had a very shortened training block for it, and I didn't really, I didn't really respect that as much as I should have probably when I went out there and and tried to run the first half of it in uh, in two hours and then carry on from there and and I and I did sort of tire in the latter parts, but the main thing that got me and that stopped me was tummy issues. And and I partly put that to sort of staying away. So for Manchester, I travelled up the night before. I stayed in a hotel, you know, obviously eating a, a, a restaurant meal that night and then uh, breakfast the following morning. It's not what necessarily what you're used to. So I thought this year, rather than do all that and take that risk again, I will go down to Brighton. It's only down the road from me, really. And uh, I'll, I'll give Brighton a go. So no, not Edinburgh this year, but... Definitely need to go back one year because I've got some unfinished business uh, there. Apologies, Cam, man. You won't meet this, Chris, but Toby, is the plan still to do Edinburgh? There will be attendance, I believe, at Edinburgh Marathon. You've got a I'm gang going. there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah I'm in Edinburgh. attendance at Edinburgh. Yeah, indeed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll, I think there's we'll a fair few going up. Yeah, so so look out for us, Cam, man. Not me, because I'm not doing Edinburgh. Look out for the Baldy Band. Um couple of questions about your footwear you mentioned about uh your your shoe reviews um we've got let me get Lindsay k uh first of all shout out to Lindsay. tomorrow's 92 park runs so homing in on the big century keep us posted on where you might be when you land the big one and one zero zero but chris um as a fellow overpronator so she's obviously watched some of your shoe reviews would you ever try out running a nike alpha flyer so I actually bought when they came out the next percent twos and uh, with the intention of running my next marathon in them. Uh, and that was going to be Manchester, probably not you know, when Manchester was first on. So, um, yeah, so I bought those. I've, I've run a fastish, yeah, a fairly fast 5K in them so far. Uh, but I, I didn't use them for, for Manchester. And that was purely because I, I, I did a kind of test run in them just before Manchester and, and it, it didn't feel good on my calves. And I thought, no, I can't take the risk. Um, I, I am going to try them again and see whether or not I will be able to, uh, I'll be able to wear them for Brighton. Um, I, I think they will offer benefit. Now, you know, I am taking a little bit of a risk because they're not the most stable shoe in the world. They're not really that stable at all with the big yeah, stack yeah. height and everything. But um, I wanted to, I wanted to try out one of these carbon plated shoes because you know they don't make them for overpronators. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to try out one. Um, I think I got a deal on it when I bought the uh, the next percent twos, and uh, we'll see. So yeah, though I. I won't try the Alpha Fly, but I, as I say, before, just before you jump in, Al, um, 
Chris, obviously you, you've documented that, um, you know, you went out through the park, uh, through the park run route and doing those things. How did you eventually find out that you were an overpronator? Um, I went to uh, a running shop, I think, to get my gait analysis analysed. How long um, ago? How how far along the road was that? Ooh, probably during my first year of running at some point. Yeah. My, probably, I think, because when I did, first did the park runs, I just I, I had a pair of running shoes. Never used to really wear them for running, but I did have a pair of running shoes. So I did the first few park runs in that um, and then thought I'd better buy a, a new pair. Uh, of shoes as I was getting more into it so I went to a running shop got the gate and analyzed uh and that and that's what they said I was you know I was kind of like surprised and then I thought I want to get a second opinion so I went somewhere else and I got gate and analyzed again and they said the same thing pretty much so I've had it a few times I've I've had gate analyzed a few times uh now and yeah it does come up as I'm an over pronator um so that's how I knew, really. Mm. Uh, and then I just tried different types of stability shoes, really. Um, stability shoes are a little bit interesting because not every brand provides the stability in the same way. So, you know, just because you've got one stability shoe, it, it, you know, it adds another element to a running shoe, really, that you've got to consider when you're, uh, you're going to buy them. So what are your favourites? Um, so the ones, the ones that I've kind of got, every version of since I started running was other Keanos. So I'm on the Keanu 28s now. I started with a real sort of love hate relationship for them. And some of the versions I've, I've got on better than other versions on. So um, I like those. I always sort of have a pair of those in my rotation. Um, I like the uh, adrenaline GTS range as well. Good job. Chris is off. I oh, know. I heard him the other week. <laughs> flagging them off. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm just breaking in my seventh pair. So um, yeah. You're among friends. <laughs> and uh, and this year, I've, I've got the New Balance Fongo V5, and I really like those. Uh, and I did a video on what I felt was the, the best stability running shoes of last year, and, and those were my top pick, really. Um, they, they just feel a very natural shoe to run in, and they're very comfortable as well. Right. Al, sorry, mate, I've been treading on your toes. No, 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 that's fine, because the questions are coming in are all about the stability shoes, so they're, they're all really relevant. And I've got Have we one. covered all that then? No, 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 yeah, shush, 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 got a couple more. <laughs> so, Chris, you've, you've kind of mentioned the temptation to jump into something light and fast, like the, the Alpha Flies on, on race day, but JBS wants to know, what would be your advice? Stick with what you know if you are an overpronator and you're into stability shoes on race day, or is it worth, you know risking it and, and trying something new on race day i mean you know i'm not going to advise anyone to take a risk um you know that, that's kind of up to them uh, i mean your safer bet is to stick with your stability shoes if you do overpronate really um you know so i'm i'm taking that little bit of a risk well i thought i was for manchester but i decided against it in the end i may take it for for brighton uh and i may not see how i feel when i go and do some test runs in them beforehand but it's unfortunate that there aren't really any fast stability shoes like there are in the yeah. in the neutral world and a lot of people do overpronate and and do kind of need them really to to stop them overpronating too much uh i, I really liked the new balance fuel cell prism the the original version of that that was a very lightweight stability running shoe at a time where Nobody made lightweight stability running shoes. Uh, and, and with a fuel cell, midsole foam, 
it was also a very sort of bouncy foam. And I've run two marathons in that. I've run the virtual London marathon in them, and I've also run on the treadmill in them. And they they could go from any distance, 5K up to marathon, I felt. Um, had a little bit of an issue with the uh, the insole in them when they got, when, especially if you're running in the rain. But other than that, a really good shoe. And then they brought the Prism 2 out, and it's a completely different shoe. It's it's not, you know, I wouldn't. I, there's no way I would try and run a marathon in that. I, d- I just don't think you get the comfort over the over the twenty six point two miles. So, yeah, um, that's the closest I think really there's been to a fast stability shoe. Uh, if someone can nail that, they'll clear up in the stability market. There's, a, uh, there's definitely a market for it. I, I I don't understand why someone hasn't one of the brands hasn't sort of. I guess that it must be the support adding to weight that go, seems to go against the trend for super lightweight, fast, yeah, you know, speed shoes. Yeah, indeed. I mean, sp- the stability is always going to add a bit of weight, isn't it? It's it's something you, you, yes, it is. But still, the midsole foams. You know, you can you can make a midsole foam that is very bouncy that it, that does give you some some extra um, speed in it, uh, and you can definitely. Well, they they proved it with the the first version of the prism that was you know that was a light shoe yeah, and, yeah i was running that for a little while so uh, yeah that was a good shoe Enjoyed yeah that. but but the second version is is miles heavier <laughs> you know it's it's nearly as heavy as kind of my longer run easy pace type shoes like you know like the Keanu and the and the adrenaline gts so i don't know why they've sort of changed completely changed from what they started in the first version but there you go <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard lots of rumours that these shoe manufacturers, they have two design teams. They have like an odd year and an even year. And therefore, you can get two completely different styles of shoe coming out because the two are not talking. You know, they're yeah, on a quite, year cycle and you know, yeah, they might as well in a different country. It's quite possible. I also heard, and I spoke to one of the brands at one point, and they say it's a two-year cycle to develop a new shoe, you know, even if it's an iteration. So... You know, the ones that they're developing now, we're going to see in two years' time. So, you know, that might explain it as well. But definitely think there's a market for it, for stability shoe runners. We, okay. we would like, if anyone, if any of the brands are listening, we would like, you know, to just have something a little bit faster for those, uh, for those faster training days and also when we want to do our races as well. So we know when the fast stability shoe comes out in two years' time, they were listening today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly what we, are. we can get our tennis today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just before we go into the lightning round, because we need to we need to fit that in. Lindsay Kay's come back. She's a fan of Keanu. She's on number twenty eight, and she'll be using those to run Manchester. And Chris, I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to steal your recommendation for Vongo fives. My partner Carolyn is a New Balance eight sixty, um, and I'm not sure if she's on ten or elevens, but she doesn't like the latest version. So I'm going to okay. steal your recommendation and go straight downstairs. And see if uh, I can claim a bit of credit for Vongos. So yeah, yeah. The only thing I would say about New Balance um, is that I always find the sizing a little bit tricky. Um, so, so I've had New Balance shoes where they fitted true to size, no problem at all. And I've had other ones where the where you've got to go for a wide fitting, and that's the only that's the only brand I ever have gone for a wide fitting. So I'm not a wide in anything else. But in some of the New Balance shoes, I've had to go for a wide. I haven't, I've, I haven't had to up, you know, up half a size or anything. I've just had to go for the wide, and I had to do that in the Vongos. So 
I'll okay. bear that in mind. She's got a wide foot. So, uh... Yeah. I, when I'm buying New Balance now, I buy the wide version and the normal version. I buy them both at the same time, try them on, and I send the one I don't prefer back because yeah. I never know. Yeah, yeah, right. So, Tobe, before this becomes the stability shoe special, shall we run the titles and do... <laughs> yeah, run the title. Uh, I've not seen them for ages, the lightning round title. I'm we'll very excited. The file. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. This is part of our USP. I think that's the kind of the right term, the lightning round. <laughs> Don't worry, there are no wrong answers, and I guarantee you do know the answers. So I'm just going to fire my questions at you. There's 10 of them. Just give me your answers as they come. Don't think, overthink it. Just tell it as it is. So, bucket, lo- bucket list race. So for me, that would be London Marathon. Never got yeah. through the ballot. Yeah. As a ballot place, then, you know, you wouldn't count yeah. the priority vest as uh, that. No, good shout. Pre-race breakfast. Same as any other day, four Weetabix. Four? Yep, four Weetabix. Okay. Favourite distance? Probably the half marathon distance because I've kind of got to that and that I've done plenty of those. I've kind of nailed that with, you know, so yeah, probably. You can train for that relatively comfortably, can't you? It doesn't. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Favourite long run fuel? What you'd be taking with you tomorrow? So tailwind, I've I've switched to tailwind now. I'm I'm not even using gels at the moment. Just okay. taking the fueling and the hydration through the tailwind. Did you stock up last week at the national running show? I did well, indeed. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah it was a good, good offer. Shot. Right, favorite brand of running shoe. We might already know the answer to this, but repeat it and tell us anyway. Well, the, the favorite shoe was the Vongo, which is obviously New Balance. I'd probably say though. Asics is probably still my favourite brand. Consistency. Mm. Okay. Curveball, ketchup or brown sauce? Ketchup. Cool. Summer or winter training? I'm going to go winter. Yeah, you like to layer up. Yeah, I sweat a lot when I'm running, even in the winter. In the summer, I really do sweat buckets. So don't make much difference then. Just layer up, be warm, and then sweat it out. Okay. Yeah. Road or trail races? Uh, road races, but like yeah. training on the trails. Oh, cool. Your one song playlist. It's on my repeat, fa- remember? Yeah, my favourite running song, or favourite song to run to is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Oh, okay. Right. That's controversial. I think they're a bit overrated. There you go. I've said it now on a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to get slaughtered, but hey-ho. And then final question. 5K park run with Cake and Friends. Or a 50-miler with flat coke and a roast? A 5K fart run. <laughs> is that because of the cake? A 50-miler is just, it's hard. I've oh, done it once, so I'm not sure I'm going to do it again. But on. Well done. Cheers, Chris. Toby, where's those titles? Oh, that was great, Chris. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of wheat a bit. Saying that's the key. Um, just before you go, one thing that I wanted to ask you um, about your training plans and your and uh, your videos and everything. You do a lot of running on a treadmill. Yeah, a lot of sessions on the thing, and you're big into your Swift and your all that sort of thing. 
you know, treadmill is something that a lot of people shy away from. What do you see as the main benefits of that and how does it help you to uh, tick along? Yeah, sure. So I was always of a view of, uh, you know, using the treadmill in the in the gym until uh, and again, this was the sort of beginning of the pandemic. I was and I think a lot of people were a bit worried that we weren't even going to be able to to get out for our runs um, at that point in time. And I thought, right, I'm going to as a sort of precaution, I'm going to buy a treadmill uh, and, and just to have it in case we aren't allowed out of the house at all. Um, so I got it and then I started using it and I started finding out about Zwift, which for anyone that doesn't know, Zwift's a kind of virtual world that you can you can run in on your, when you're running on your treadmill, communicates to uh, Zwift on your phone or on your PC or laptop or whatever. And you can have it up on the screen in front of you. And it's you, you've got your avatar that's running along with other people around the world that are also running at the same time as you. And uh, I, I just started getting into that initially then. And then when it came to actually training for my 50 mile race, the key thing of the training for that was to really up the distance from what I was used to. And to do that, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't do that all outside. So um, the treadmill gives the benefit of you're on kind of a, a more cushioned sort of surface. Um, You know, you can, you can still get elevation in on it because you can, put the incline up um but it is it is a kind of bouncy type surface so you're not pounding the pavements the whole time so you're protecting your legs a little bit um as well as being able to more flexibility about when you run as well really you know i can i i I hate running in the evenings outside but i I have no problem at all getting on the treadmill and Mm. you know putting i've got a screen in front of it so i can be running on swift if i don't want to actually watch the swift screen then I could just put a YouTube video on, or I could put you know something on Netflix or whatever whilst I'm running on it. So I, I really quite like that sort of when I have to run in the evening, I quite like that approach of using the treadmill for it. But for me, it just really did sort of allow me to increase the volume of my training. And I think with volume comes fitness, comes speed. So yeah. um and I suppose as well, you're not going to be bothered about your times and things like that. You know, you don't get lost in your in your Strava account, do you, if you're out on your treadmill, you know, you don't worry about that sort of thing. No, you don't. No, it's, um, you know, you can, you can set the treadmill to run at whatever speed you want to run it at, you know? So a lot mm. of the treadmill running I do is, is at easy pace. Uh, and I, I'm, and I'm doing, you know, so I'm getting extra easy pace runs in on the treadmill. Uh, you can still wear a heart rate monitor. You can still see what your heart rate is. Um, but there's also events that they do on Swift. So, you know, if you want to take part in a 5K race with a load of other people, Mo Farah uses it sometimes. We've raced against him before. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's 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 just a variety as well, as I think. Um, I mean, some people wouldn't would probably hear this and, and just think, no, nah, I never want to go on a treadmill. You know, I've got the, I've got the outside world. I can, it's much better. And I, I'd agree, you know, you know I, I love getting on the trails, doing my runs on the trails, because it's just really nice to see everything around you and everything like that. But... Um, and I certainly would never do all of my running on the treadmill, but it is a it is a kind of extra tool, an extra sort of way of getting volume in um, when you do it, particularly when you're training for for marathons or, or ultra marathons, which is what I was doing mm-hmm. last year. Well, Chris, thanks ever so much for coming on. Before we let you go, can you just uh, tell people where they can find you on social and what, what all your uh, addresses and stuff like that if they want to see more of your content? 
Yeah, sure. So, so, you know, the content is really coming from the YouTube channel, which is called Here We Are Running. So just sort of search that up in YouTube and you'll find it. And there's lots of stuff on there like training vlogs, races, the product reviews, particularly shoe reviews, um, part runs, all of that sort of stuff. Anything running related is up there. Uh, but also um, got Twitter account, Instagram account, Facebook account. And they're all, again, Here We Are Running or something like that. I'm sure if you search, you'll find it. <laughs> Is a good place to start. Well, thanks ever so much for joining us, being our first guest for quite some time. Certainly our best produced, I would imagine. He's raised the bar, hasn't he? The quality suddenly got yeah. so much higher. We're all under pressure now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to have a real sort of Starship Enterprise type operation when I finally move. So, um, yeah, thanks ever so much for coming on, Chris, and spending your Friday night with us. Uh, wish you well on your long run. And, um, you know, wish you all the best for beating that PB at Brighton, and I hope that goes really well for you, particularly after a few marathon experiences that perhaps haven't been been brilliant for you. But um, yeah, thanks ever so much for coming, um, Al. Thanks for being here. Pleasure. So you're off to Kim, off to Southend. What time you got to get up to go to Southend tomorrow? Probably got to leave at seven o'clock. That's the only drawback with park run tourism. It's great to run in different places. It does mean there's not much of a Saturday morning line, you know. If, if I'm still here at seven o'clock, I'm kind of leaving it a little bit tight to get down there. But uh, we'll do our best and we'll combine it with some extra miles along the seafront after park run. So, uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of 40s down there at South End tomorrow cheering Kim on if they're not running Quill themselves. Don't want to send them to South End because Kim won't be there. She's actually so which one is it? Chalkwell Beach. Park Chalkwell run. Beach. Beg your yeah. pardon. Don't go to South End. Go to Chalkwell Beach. That's the place. It's the other we'll side of here. There'll be lots of people in pink T-shirts. Yeah. That'll be the place to go. Ty, where are you? Gunpowder tomorrow? Still working yeah. it out. I might, might make an appearance. I'm on a down week, so... Oh, yeah. Having a no, line. No, I'll still get out. Maybe a, maybe an easy half, maybe. Yeah, just have a little trick along. Weather's supposed to be nice and mild tomorrow, mate. Might be a bit windy, but that'll be good. Thanks ever so much, yeah. G. JBS for sending us a super sticker. Thanks for your support. That's absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm going to get out for a part run tomorrow, hopefully. Before work, um, yeah, Panzanger tomorrow. It's dried up a bit, so that would be great. Thanks ever so much for joining us again on the long run. And like I said at the start, if you're not able to watch us live on YouTube or Facebook at 7 o'clock on a Friday, then uh, you can download us as a podcast. Hopefully Toby will get himself sorted out, and that will be available pretty soon. You can email us too at uh, longrunshow at gmail.com during the week, particularly, you know, if you can beat um, – Deep Bay, Tasmania, for as far away as possible for being them, of course, which, you know, it's even at the bottom of Tasmania, having a look at the map, you know, you're really going to be, people from Hobart needn't bother, you know, they're not going to be able to get the most southern uh, southern person to listen to us. So thanks ever so much. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all your normal podcast places, you should be able to download us pretty soon. And uh, we'll be back next week. So thanks ever so much for joining us. Toby, run the, run the titles, mate. on a budget we still deserve nice things 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.